Thank you for joining us on another edition of the Comics Pals Reviews. This week, we're here to talk about two number ones and one book we've been really loving so far. We're going to talk about Heroes Reborn number one, Eve number one, and The Swamp Thing number three. Hell yeah. Before we get into that, uh, we do, obviously, we're very excited about these books. You should be too. If you are, make sure that you guys are checking out our weekly podcast, The Comics Pals. It drops every Monday. We're talking about these characters and so many more in all the places you can find them. We're doing interviews with creators that you probably love. And we're also talking about the news of the industry. So if you like all of that, go listen to that podcast, like the video, share with your friends, subscribe to our channel. All that's free. If you're on a podcast hosting service, leave us a review, a rating, and a follow. They help us out a lot. Costs you nothing to do. Let's jump into it. We're going to start things off with Heroes Reborn. This is the cover that I picked up for the book. I had to look at that nice. big, beautiful woman. Uh <laughs> This book. She's a real was... wonder, Sean. <laughs> uh, Sean. Sean, can you pull that up again? You got it. I see a few things I can fix. Oh, no. Go listen to the main That's... show to understand that joke. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, this is by Jason Aaron with art by Ed McGinnis, Mark Morales on inks, and Matthew Wilson on colors. A very familiar creative team to you if you are reading Avengers. Um, and this book essentially is a big old event based around the what if question of what if the Avengers never existed and it follows Blade who is the POV character of the story who is the only one who remembers a world other than this one everyone else is they don't know what the, what things used to be like he's he's you know the Wolverine from House of M I believe it was where he's the only one who remembers like these kinds of stories have very similar. I could be wrong. Maybe I'm. Maybe that's incorrect. Kale was someone that did it, that that remembered. Um, these kinds of stories always have that character in them, and in this one, it happens to be Blade. If that sounds weird to you, he's a primary member of the Avengers right now, so that's why he's chosen for that. Um, in 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 the place of the Avengers are the Squadron Supreme, who are the Avengers of this world. And most of the characters are not how you remember them, but kind of like you remember them. Uh, so, yeah, lots of weird stuff going on here. What'd you guys make of this issue? You know, I really liked it. I thought it was fun. Um, you, you said at the, the top, right? Like, it's an event. And um, I definitely am not a big event person. And, like, I, I think that um, a lot of times they feel like, marketing ploys you know and like there's a rubber band and we've talked about this a lot right with this i like the idea that it's like it's like seemingly anyway taking place in like an alternate reality and everything so like i feel like you can have a story that feels like it has more weight and and then have whatever the ramifications of it are spin out into the main universe however they were going to anyway you know because that's like what every event feels like right like it all builds to it and it's the most important thing in the world for a second and then it's not and there's some stuff that sticks and then some stuff that just snaps right back so like if we're gonna do that anyway like this feels like a really creative solution to um like get new pieces on the board and and really shuffle things up and and like try to do something that's like a little bit more um I don't know like that feels like it has higher stakes I guess uh 
and that that worked for me. And I also like alternate uh, reality stories. I feel like one of the fun things about having a universe uh, with the legacy of like a Marvel or a DC, and that is as lived in as they are, is that you know. If you're a big fan, right, you know these characters so well or you have an idea of what it's supposed to be like so well that when there is that fish-out-of-water character like Blade in this situation, like, you relate to that because you too know what things are supposed to be like and want to solve the mystery. And, you know, it's fun to see how the the team subverts what we know and then also, like, there's a, a mystery that I, I want to kind of, like, pull on and be like, well, what is happening and how did he get here and... And whatever. So, I don't know. I, I thought it was a good time. Um, like, it didn't, you know, like, uh, blow me away necessarily. But it's definitely a story that, like, I could see myself following. Um, and, like you said, like, I guess Blade being the POV character is, like, kind of weird. But, like, I I also think that's, like, a big uh, draw for me, actually. Because, like, I don't know Blade very well, but I like the character because when I was younger, I really liked the Wesley Snipes movies. So, like, I think of Blade as being cool, but, like, I don't have a ton of experience with the character. So being, like, cool, like, yeah, let's watch Blade solve this weird interdimensional mystery with, like, the fake Justice League. Uh, Yeah, all right, like, that seems pretty cool. (laughs) Yeah, this book was, it was fun. I I didn't realize that it was Aaron until you actually said, that that's who it was. And I, I found myself, uh, I typically find myself enjoying the stuff that he writes anyway. I think like he, he knows how to introduce the story. He knows how to set the pieces to make things pretty interesting. And I think that I definitely felt that. Um, and, uh, the concepts are, uh, they're cute. Like, like it's like, uh, you know, the, the, the play on, on names and stuff is always, it's fun. The, the the i the new ideas and things that they have are are interesting it's just a fun a fun book that i i definitely enjoyed for what it was i think if this was i I sort of thought about it as you know if this was your first ever introduction into the marvel universe and this was the uh, like if the what if had been you know what if the squad supreme had never existed I, i think this would fit pretty well as an explanation for um uh, just like how these characters got together and stuff it's it's fun i i like this um i I enjoyed this how about you kill i i don't know i didn't get anything out of this uh i feel like this reeks of 2005 I, I just like this all feels like stuff that's been done before with a different cone of paint um and and it's fine if it you know like like Pete and Marco like if it's your first like you know alternate dimension uh marvel mainline marvel event that's cool you know uh but just to clarify it's uh, not for me i just like those i'm a sucker for them okay pete i'll change your diaper here in a second uh <laughs> did i say the baby's first uh event that went that was what was good. that's where that came from Oh, okay. uh, anyway, you didn't sorry. say that. Okay, sorry. <laughs> uh, but, uh, uh, yeah, to me, it just it it feels like stuff that has come long before it. Uh, yeah, I'm actually with Kale. I I like I can definitely see the appeal here. 
Um, but it feels so by the numbers that it's really hard for me to invest in because I've read this before. That's how it feels. It feels like I've read this before. Um, maybe not the exact premise of, oh, there are no Avengers, but like, you know, alternate reality stories that, you know, hint at very similar things like this, have themes that are similar to this. Even the idea that like, oh, Carol Danvers is, you know, never made captain. Like, yeah. okay, you know, fine, sure. Um, and, and you know, Aaron uses the space that he has well enough to establish this world. And I think that everything is clear and well-defined. I just couldn't find the heart of the story. And that was my problem. Um, That's fair. Go ahead, Pete. Yeah. No, yeah, I was going to say, like, I, I don't, I, like, you guys saying that, I don't, um, it's funny because, like, I, I even though I enjoyed it, I don't begrudge that. Like, I feel like that, I get that. You know, like I, I totally get walking away from it feeling that way and just being like, eh, like I don't need this right now. And like, it's kind of leaving me cold. But like, I don't know. I think this is just a device that that works for me. And like the fact that it is like familiar in that way, it's like, well, I'll see what I'll see what this team does with this device, you know? Yeah, that. Yeah, sure. I, I, I guess. Um, and this might be why I checked out of Avengers. Um I mean, you know, all respect to the man because he's made a great career, but like I feel like I've been reading Jason Aaron comics for a really long time and they're kind of the same. Like <laughs> like they're they're just they're very they're a very specific style that doesn't feel like it requires a particular writer. It's just like this is Marvel, you know, like that's how it feels. Like Sure. Yeah. I get that. And, and and that's cool, but I've been reading his comics for 10 years at least at this point. Um, and it's like, man, I'm begging you to do something different. Um, and for me, this wasn't that. Now, the thing that that Pete said that 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 resonates with me is that this is an opportunity or can be to do, do different things. So if the second issue really dives into you know why is this happening and who are the who's going to be who's going to stand out of this situation and like really um switches things up and, and is dynamic i'm all for it but right now it's like house of m was an event that was very similar to this in a lot of ways sure. um why should i read this over that that had a very gripping emotional hook whether you like that story or not i know it's become popular to dislike it but um you know, at the core of that was Scarlet Witch's uh, pain, you know, and WandaVision just came out and we love that, right? It's a very similar idea. Right now, this story doesn't have anything like that. And that's what keeps me from from being able to fall into it. Yeah, I think that's fair. And um, I, I feel, it, for me, it's it feels so paint by numbers that like, that Jason Aaron is on it. Like the thing that, makes it feel like him is that blade is the protagonist yes like i don't i don't really feel like anybody else would pick blade for an event so you know what i mean like you're saying that it's a good thing yeah i mean i wouldn't pick blade for sure it would be it would be like you know marco picking john constantine for a uh a line-wide dc event sure you know okay where he's interacting with Mongol and, you know, dark side and, you know, things like that. Like there's something he will say with blade 
but I it here it just doesn't really come across. Yeah, Blade is Blade has become his and, and really since like since midway through his Avengers run or something, Blade has become his his character. Yeah. Um, so that's why he's here. And you know, I, like I also think the art is is really strong. It is um, really yeah. good, yeah. McGinnis, yeah, of course. It, but again, it, it you know, this this is that when I look at this, I see Marvel. It's the know? house I, style. I, I, yes. Yeah. 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 And there's literally absolutely nothing wrong with it. With that, Ed McGinnis is amazingly talented. It just makes it the combination of of the story that Aaron is telling a very like paint by number story with art that's great but very um, Marvel-y. It, it makes the book not feel special, and that's really my only point of contention. Um, like the doctor juggernaut like that's funny you know that's that's cool um did you notice that when he turns into the like it says doom on his fucking knuckles <laughs> i thought that was fucking hilarious I didn't notice. <laughs> does it really yeah uh it, it's when he actually turns into doctor juggernaut there's like a shot of him going for like a big blow and you can just see it says doom oh, on it's so fist. funny <laughs> i didn't see it's that rad <laughs> I also kind of wish that um, Aaron would have slowed the pace down a little bit. He spent so much time introducing all these like amalgam characters that you don't really get to like live in the world too much. Mm. It's clear that a lot's going on and this is a world that, you know, is active beyond our eye, but I don't think I needed to see every one of these different things to get that. I think that's fair. Mm. I, I feel like it, it feels like, um, he was trying to avoid i think the pitfall that a lot of issue ones come into where it's like it doesn't give you enough of the pitch to like for you to like get a sense of what's going on but i think to your point like when you give too much it is tough to grab on to anything because there's not any one cat like blades the main pov character but like i, I don't rem like it's not like it's about him that much. Like he's just narrating right. and catching us up, you know, like this. I think this is an issue that feels like an issue zero, um, which is usually something that like I'd criticize the series for. But I think given that this is like the kickoff of an event, um, I'm a little bit more willing to accept that that is the purpose of this issue is to ground you. And that like to your, your earlier point, Sean, if, if two really gets us fucking moving, then that'll probably have been worth it, you know? Um, but it remains to be seen. Yeah, um, absolutely. I think if you, if you really just like event series and that's where you, that's where you live at, uh, you'll probably find something to enjoy in this. Ultimately, Jason Aaron is very, very accomplished and talented. Nothing that I have said is to denigrate him at all. Um, that's just where I'm coming from. So yeah, I, I, I'm not going to say that this is a book I recommend, but if you like events, there's nothing inherently wrong with this book. So yeah, give it a shot. I'll tell you what, for someone who doesn't like events, this is the most interested I've been in like a proper event. Cause we we've said like, there's some debate about considering Hawksbox an event, but like aside from that, this is the most interested I've been in an event. And I don't even remember how long um, because usually they totally leave me cold. Whereas this, I'm like, yeah, it's something I've seen before, but, like, I'm interested in it. I'm interested to see where the rest of it goes. Cool. Uh, well, let's talk Swamp Thing. 
Let's talk about the Swamp. Hell, my boy. Fucking yes. yes. So, Dude. of course, uh, we've been reviewing this since issue one. We had Ram V on the show. We had Mike Perkins uh, interviewed. And uh, so we're all on board the Swamp Train. This is a book, of course, by Ram V, the writer, uh, Mike Perkins, the artist, with colors by Mike Spicer, and Adida, Aditya Bidikar on letters. Yeah. So um, very strong creative team that has been doing work this entire time. Uh, Marco, specifically, what do you think of this issue? Man, this was the first issue where it, I felt like it kind of gravitated towards that old Alan Moore kind of style. Um, the that second page which is like a big splash of the brain imaging and you have uh, yeah. that contrasted with like the the more um like flowery language you have um even like the title like yeah. the migraine amaranthine is like very like that feels very like 85 kind mm -hmm. of vibe you know it was it, it was really really uh really good really emblematic of sort of the the Swamp Thing that I'm very familiar with. And I think that uh, to Rombi's credit, he has a pretty good grasp of what uh, the character, what his Levi sounds like and how he is a scientist, how he is, you know, introspective. And that's very much uh, something that the character kind of does in general. Um, and there's a few uh, elements here of like the art that, uh knocked it out of the park there was this one page i'm trying to see if i can pull it up um that just made me think of steven Bissett from like the 80s it's just it's really really good work i think that, that this team is putting out yeah um i i thought this issue was really strong i really like uh poison ivy or you know ivy as she's referred to here no poison uh <laughs> She's a character who's been in an interesting place ever since, um, well, Heroes around, the, yeah, yeah, around the time of Heroes in Crisis. Uh, and she's become like one with the green. And it hasn't really been developed a ton, at least not what I've seen. So to get that here was pretty cool to see the, the interaction between her and Swamp Thing. I really enjoyed, especially that Ivy has like two sides of herself. Mm. which very much feels right for that character. Ram V to this point has done a great job of identifying what is underneath a character and trying to bring that out. That's something that he's been doing a lot with this new character, um, uh, Levi, but also now with, with Ivy. Um, I thought that that was brilliant. And the environment being, you know, essentially inside the green allowed um perkins to do some bomb work like ivy sitting on that throne we talk about like panels or pages we would own like that's 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 an, a contender mm -hmm. i love how soft uh the features are of the ivy i'm gonna call the mean ivy poison ivy and the the nice ivy ivy just to differentiate i like how apparent the differences between them aside from the yeah. fact that they have different like uh outfits a little bit but like that the the ivy ivy was like 
she had these very soft features. She has like a very like kind face. She looks sad and she has like those big dull eyes compared to Poison Ivy, which is like she has this very like cold demeanor and like, you know, you can like hear, you know, it's got like the the green around her thing. So you can hear her kind of having a more like booming voice, you know, and like feeling more regal and more powerful. And like they're the same character. But that dichotomy dichotomy is so clear, not just through the dialogue, but because of the art and how strong it is. Yeah. Uh, this this issue is interesting too because it doesn't like I wouldn't I wouldn't say that a ton happens. Um, it's you know it's mostly Jennifer's lost. Swamp Thing has to find her. He encounters the two Ivies, and then he encounters Alec Holland, which is that right there is pretty monumental yeah, to see these deal. two characters sharing space with each other. Uh, Marco, obviously you're the swamp guy. How did you feel about seeing uh, Alec Holland here this early? Um, I enjoyed it because I think that this is sort of a, going to be a, um, uh, we haven't gotten to it in the swamp thing reading that we've been doing, but typically there's like an ancillary character that helps guide a new uh, avatar through different things. And I think that this is probably like a moment in which I, for me reflected some of those elements where, you know, he's going to sort of show him the ropes and this is what this is and this is who you are. And this, um, a lot of the, the more explainy parts. Um, but I, I, I like that he came out here this early on. He's not alone to learn some of those things because it, it, it typically Swamp Thing's a better character to like bounce off of people because he is so uh, introspective as a in the way that writers typically use him that it's nice for him to have somebody to think out loud to sort of go back and forth on. So I enjoyed the fact that he was here and that it looks like he's going to come and help him sort of guide him along the way to figuring this stuff out, especially being in the green. Uh, Marco, I wanted to tell you something um, that I think will make you happy. It's a success for you as a Swamp Thing fan, I think. Uh, when Woodrow showed up in this issue, I popped. Yeah. And I was like, damn, that's pretty cool. Like, I know that enough yep. <laughs> to care. He, like, motherfucking he goes, Floronic Man's here? Uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> and I like that he goes by Woodrow because that's actually something that, that only happens – after he has his like psychological break, where before he was Woodrue, the Floronic Man, now he's only Woodrue. There's like that space for whatever reason that he get uh, Rambi carries over. That's pretty cool. Marco, do you only hear the guy who played him on the show? No, you don't hear that. No, no, I didn't. I didn't like that. Uh, you didn't like that guy. Oh, I thought nah. he was perfect. That's wild. Nah. Marco, is he is he like still a bad dude? Like should we be concerned right now? No, no. He's like he, he had his uh, he snapped basically like mentally and then now he's um he just kind of like wanders around and he's he's very like out of touch. He just experiences stuff. Okay, so he's kind of like benevolent. Yeah, yeah. Cool. Interesting. I was a little worried. I was like, "Uh-oh." But then it seemed like he was being nice, you know? Like she was sleeping and he like they're hanging out and he's like, "You're safe." And I was like, Okay, like, is he just trying to play her right now? Or, like, what's his angle? But, all right, cool. 
had the same thought. No, no, he's he's much like um, there's uh, when you first see him, he's like hiding behind a tree. Um, that's very much his character. He's like skittish. He's very. Um, he's kind of broken, fractured. Yes, yes, yeah. yeah. Okay, cool. That's good. I'm nice. glad to hear that. <laughs> yeah, um, I think that this this series is in that place, at least for me, where I have zero concerns about where it's going. Yeah, because it mm-hmm. it appears to just be like doing a great job every time, and it's in its own lane. The story is just engrossing, and I'm here for it. So yeah, I'm, I'm loving it. Yeah, I mean, I I I really don't have much else to add. I, I think across the board, the creative team is is really fucking just slamming it, and like we're three for three right now, as far as I'm concerned. Of like, this is a ten out of ten. You know, like this is what I want out of this book. It's giving me what I what I hoped it would be. Um, and I I'm I'm super excited to read more. Uh, I I'm definitely of the opinion that like this is one of the hottest books of 2021 and like you're doing yourself a disservice if you're not uh, picking it up. So go check it out. And I wanted to shout out uh, Aditya cause his letters were really cool with Ivy and like the waviness of yeah. the way that she spoke and everything. And it, it was uh, interesting to see all of the different, like, like none of them were normal uh, word balloons unless it was uh, what you call it. Um, I mean, I'm forgetting her name. Uh, Jennifer. Jennifer, unless she was talking. But otherwise, it was some some combination of uh, word balloons with outlines, uh, different sort of text on everything. It was cool. Do you know what I, I like, too, is uh, on that page that you called out with the brain scan and the, the title, um, mm-hmm. the caption in the bottom, it goes from green and then turns into orange as Alec, is, or um, not Alec, as uh, Levi is, is turning into Swamp Thing. He's like yeah. the green. That's like very subtle, but it's cool. There's like a gradient on the last one as you go into the page. And then the first one is in the green. You know, it's like, oh, that's cool. It really feels like you're transporting to the place, you know? Yeah, very good stuff. Can't wait for the next issue. Let's talk about uh, the other new number one that we that we wanted to review this week. Uh, it's Eve. This is by Victor Laval, uh, Joe, me, Jiang. Uh, and Brittany Peer. Yeah. Uh, Victor Laval, actually, fun fact, is a fellow uh, Washington hider. He lives in my oh, neighborhood. Yeah? Cool. Sure does. And uh, the reason he wanted to do this book is because his wife is a, uh, she's a person who talks a lot about the climate. Um, mm. And she's very involved in, in, in climate change and all that stuff. And he wanted a way to contribute to that conversation. Um, he chose to do it through his storytelling. Um, and he's traditionally not a comic book writer, but he came down to our world to uh, to tell this story. Um, I really, really, really enjoyed this. Uh, this was a first issue that got me pretty much immediately. It was clear to me within the first couple of pages that what we were seeing wasn't what was happening. Uh, just because it was a little too, um, I don't know, dreamlike. Um, but mm, that yeah. was okay because I connected with Eve. I connected with the fact that she believes in this. And it was going to be real heartbreaking when it was clear that, you know, her parents weren't around. Um, and But then the story turns and it keeps turning. The, the fact that the, the little bear on the cover that d- drove me to want to buy this is actually a, a robot programmed by her dad to help her along the process 
of what she has to do. And then it only chooses that form to satisfy her visually um, based on, you know, a toy she used to have, um, you know, just little things like that. This, I thought this was a, a really a, a, a joy to read. And the only thing I didn't like about it was that it ended. Yeah. Uh, I'm a hundred percent behind you. Um, when you had this in your polls last week, it, it intrigued me. The concept like was cool. Um, but jumping into it, I, I thought it was just really, really effective. Like, it is a very strong opening to the story because it, it like, again, like, it, it immediately establishes, like, stakes and what the status quo is, what the journey is that we're going to go on, who are our players, how do they feel right now, what are they grappling with, like, what do they value? Um, and I feel like I have a strong sense of that already, right? That, like, Eve is this like determined young girl, right. Who is like afraid, but brave enough to go on anyway, you know? And like, that's cool. Yeah. And like, I, I really dig, um, inhuman characters that have humanity, like, like AI that are, that have feelings is, is always something that I, I connect with. Um, so like the idea of, of this being like, you know, like a great adventure of this like young vulnerable girl who will see grow into a strong confident woman um with the assistance of her like plucky robot teddy bear friend uh is a incredibly compelling elevator pitch for for my sensibilities i um i wasn't i was i feel, I feel like i wasn't as hot on the book i think it did um a good job setting up the story, but I feel like I didn't, uh, I didn't get much more outside of like, this is sort of the sandbox that we're playing in. And, um, I don't know if that immediately, like, uh, um, I don't know if it like grabbed me immediately. Cause I, I would have liked to have seen a little bit more of like her as a character. We get like little flashbacks and stuff. Um, but she's mostly just kind of getting pushed along through, um, these moments until we get to the um, the end where presumably you know she's gonna go on her adventure and then we'll start to learn about more more about her um but i thought it was okay it, it didn't immediately uh pop for me okay how about you kill yeah no i really enjoyed it i think it um i think it does exactly what a first issue should do mm-hmm. it <clears throat> introduces you to your characters and the problem and then it sets out the the mission the goal you know in this case it's she's gonna johnny appleseed her way across the country um she accepts it and then she decides she's gonna fucking do it um and you know her her last line is the uh, if I give up, I won't survive. That's a compelling enough cliffhanger, I think. Um, so yeah, I, I I think it really worked. I think she's uh, a very good protagonist. I like the bear. Uh, he's Danny DeVito to me. I don't know. Oh if no, you guys hit that same thing. But... <laughs> you know, I didn't, but I probably will now. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I uh it's funny. I think had I not read the uh Victor Laville's uh 
letter in the back, I don't think I would have connected this to climate change like at all. Um, which in is the way in the way that it's different from like home, which we read a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, it doesn't feel sort of you know uh, preachy or like. So, like it's rehashing something. It's not like smacking yeah. you over the head with the fact that it's about climate change. It's more just like uh, I liked how in the back matter he connected it to this idea of like it's about how it's a problem that if we continue to perpetrate or, uh, or perpetuate rather that it will impact children like Eve and it'll be up yeah. to the kids to save the world because we fucking destroyed it, you know, um, and I, I liked that about it. Yeah, that was it, it, it's it's so hard. And we've we've reviewed a lot of issue ones this year and it's so hard to do an issue one effectively. Right. But when you have a premise that you believe in, that you, the writer, understand and you understand how to distill it in a way for the reader that is engrossing from a story perspective, like we all care about, you know, home was brought up. We all care about the subject matter of that story. We care about climate change. We care about those things, but we care about everything. You know, like there's so many things you have to care about in this world, but the things that make you want to read about the stories that you can fall into and like, you know, find yourself in that don't beat you down with guilt about what you're not doing, but let you fall into and pray and hope for someone who is doing it. Uh, That's the kind of story that we need that you, you can't tell a story about climate change if it's about how, you know, the world sucks and you suck because you're not doing anything about it and blah, blah, blah. Mm. You know, it's got to be something that you can root for this person who is doing it. Um, and then maybe that inspires you to go and do it. That's how it has to be. And for someone who is not a comic writer by trade, Victor Laval really understands the way to do that in a comic uh, because it's very different than a novel or a movie or whatever. Um, you've got to do it in, in only so many pages for that first issue. So for me, this was a total success. I really enjoyed it. The art is great. Too. Really good. Like, yeah. it's, it's very, very, very strong. And image books tend to look great. Um, this, this, is boom. Fr- this is boom. I'm sorry. Yeah. Well, boom books tend to look great. Yeah. That's true. Um, <laughs> uh, especially of, of late. Um and uh, yeah, I, I cannot wait until the second issue. Yeah, yeah, I'm in. Um, they have made a fan of me, that is for sure. Um, I, I think uh, something that I, I'm, I'm. So you said this is they're not a, a comics writer normally. Is this their first ever comic? Uh, I looked them up, and I didn't see any other comics by them. Interesting. But, yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, if that's the case, or even if they're like newer to the game or whatever, I'm very impressed by uh, Victor Lavelle for for a novice uh, to the mm. to the space because, um, you know, we've talked about that before, right? Like some writers who make the jump transition really well, and the first thing they do is great, like a ton of easy coats. Um, some people they struggle to make that jump. Um, yeah. I I thought that the just the storytelling in this is very clean. It's very effective, and it made a lot. It made very good use of its time. Um, which is, you know, like Kale said, it, it does everything an issue one needs to do. And it also, I, I felt like it wasn't at any point, uh, wasting my time. Hmm. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and he is a, he's a novelist by trade and he has hmm. won several different awards cool. and things like that. So 
it, it is that school of 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 Ta-Nehisi Coates, like you said, like these novelists who come and you know apply their trade to to this world. And one of the key mistakes that a lot of novelists make in comics, and I think even Ta-Nehisi Coates was guilty of when he started, is that they they don't understand the brevity that comes with comic book writing versus novelist novel novel writing. And um, I didn't feel like that was an issue here. I didn't think that the that the book was overly yeah. wordy, not at or all, anything like that. No, and and I think uh, it did that without sacrificing context or or things that were necessary to ground you in the world or or connect you to the character. Yeah, which is I think also a tough line to walk, right? Like you want to be brief, but you need to give us something. Um, that's that's not always easy to balance. So yeah, uh, great work across the board from this creative team. And I'm, I'm really excited to see more of it. Absolutely. Uh, so that's going to do it for our reviews here today. Uh, hopefully you enjoyed these reviews. If you read these books and you liked them, or if you want to recommend a book for us to read on this show, Definitely do let us know. You can write in at thecomicspals at gmail.com if you want to hit us with a recommendation. You can get us on social as well. While you're thinking about us, make sure that you leave us a follow, a rating, or a review on the podcast platform that you're listening to us on. If you're listening to us on YouTube, make sure that you hit that subscribe button, like the video, share with your friends. All those things are free to do, and they help us out a lot more than they cost you. Check out our weekly podcast, The Comics Pals. It drops every single Monday. Check out the whole host of other content we've got, including book clubs and our series we watched, where we watch superhero shows that are going on right now. Falcon, Winter Soldier, and Loki, or Falcon, Winter Soldier, and Invincible just finished. We're on break for now, but we will be back really soon with Loki in June. So uh, all that to say, thank you for joining us today. We'll see you next time. Take care, guys. See you next week.